0: the Almighty. Let's praise him. If you feel comfortable standing, please stand as we join together.
1: Good morning and welcome to first baptist church sun city west thank you so much for taking the opportunity to come and enjoy this time of worship and fellowship our focus upon god praising him and thanking him for his unconditional love his grace and his mercy and at the same time allowing him to speak to us not only to encourage and strengthen but also to accomplish the desires of his heart if this is the very first time that you've been with us, you've not filled out a guest card before, we'd love for you to take the opportunity to take that card in the pew in front of you and fill it out in its entirety. And at the end of the service, if you would just place that in one of the four offering boxes when you leave, we would certainly appreciate that. Would you join me together in prayer? Father, thank you for the time that you've given us this morning to come and to worship your name. Father, as we've enjoyed the time of Bible study uh, earlier this morning, the time the teachers have spent not only in preparation but father also teaching your word it is inspiring because it is absolute truth the time of fellowship between these services father the connection of your people the common bond of jesus christ it warms our heart and father as we come now to worship to lift up our praise and father to read And understand your word and how it applies to our life. I pray that God, your spirit would speak boldly to us and help us today to experience your presence. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.
0: Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever.
2: Amen. the rise into the setting sun.
0: Open the eyes of my heart.
2: To see
3: Good morning, everybody. Please join me in prayer. Thank you, O God, for opening the eyes of our hearts. Help us, O Lord, this morning to put away any of the cares of this world so that we may open our eyes of our hearts to worship you. That's what we're here for to sing glory and honor and praise to you, oh God, almighty God, who sent his one and only son to die for us. I pray for this service this morning, oh God, that your spirit will reign, will reign through this entire building. Hearts will be renewed. Hearts will be glorified give you all of this glory and honor and praise as we worship you during this time. In Jesus'
0: name, amen. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me.
4: Our scripture reading today is from Psalms 118. You can follow along in the pew Bible or on the screen. Give thanks, O Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his love endures forever. When hard pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look and triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surround me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They surround me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They swarm around me like bees, but they were consuming as quickly as the burning bush. thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them down. I was pushed back and fell short, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Shout to the Lord, and victory resounds in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die, but live. I will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open the gate. Open for me the gates of the righteous, and I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which righteous may enter. I will give you thanks, for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builder rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice and be glad. The Lord saves us. The Lord grants us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord from the house of the Lord. We bless you. The Lord is God, and He has made His light shine on us, and brawls in hand, join festive present procession up to the horn of thorn, of the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, His love endures forever. These are the words of the Lord.
1: Thank you very much. There are three time zones that we might live our life in. The past, the future, and the now. Those who choose to live in the past are usually either enamored by what they call the good old days Or they're weighed down by guilt and bitterness and regrets about decisions made in the past. Playwright and novelist Thornton Wilder spent much of his life studying past cultures. He didn't believe that a person should spend much time reflecting on his own personal past. He said, I erase as I go along. You know we should never let our tomorrows take up too much time in our today the past should be a guidepost and not a hitching post we shouldn't live in the past of all the things we did or we didn't do the highs that we had or the regret, regrets there are other people that choose to live into the future and I know for us in our senior adult community, our future is, uh, is bright when we get to heaven. And we concentrate maybe on that future. And maybe sometimes, even in our days, we anticipate about what's going to happen ahead. We look at something that is larger, some expectation that we have that's out there. And we look so much into what the days ahead might be that we are not savoring what is happening before us today. And I think the present moment is something that is of great value. Uh, I determined that uh, much greater after my kidneys had failed and the whole process that I went through. I looked at life differently. Instead of always looking to the future, planning, yes, but anticipating and looking at the next big thing that's out there i began to savor each day i think we ought to learn from the past and we ought to look into the future but we ought to live in the now and i think that was the conviction of the psalmist when he said this is the day the lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it this verse has two things it is a recognition and it is also a resolution First of all, it recognizes that God made today. This is the day the Lord has made. I acknowledge that. I understand that today is that prized day that he's given me. He's allowed me to get up. He's the one who created that atmosphere. He, he brought that into being, and he's allowed me to be here for that day. And since God make it, made it, it's a good day, because God doesn't make anything that's bad. And so this is the day the Lord has made. We should live in this day and make it the very best. Second is a resolution. He says, let us rejoice and be glad in it. The resolution is, I know God made it, and so he made it good, so I'm going to resolve in my life that I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And I believe that most of our days are what we will them to be. Now, occasionally, there are circumstances of life that so overwhelm us that we actually do become their victims for a period of time. Life is difficult, it's a hard road, and there are many bumps along the way. But generally speaking, our days are what we make of them. The resolve of the psalmist, I think, should be our resolve as well. It is a focus of saying that we should make the most out of every day. We ought to live it to the fullest, and not just let the seconds and the minutes and the hours tick away to oblivion making every day a good day does not come by wishing or hoping it's gonna be a good day the reality is it's by acting it's our determination it's it's the focus of our mind to say no matter what happens today I'm going to have a great day Paul said in whatever circumstances I find myself good or bad it doesn't matter I will rejoice I will rejoice so Making every day a good day does not come by wishing, but what it does do is it helps us to stop and think. How can I make today the very best day? I know the things of the past, I know the things of the future, but today is the day that the Lord has given me. I think that this scripture and throughout these scriptures, there are about five things that if you were to write them down and apply them to your life, and if you're already doing that, I think that's fantastic. I think you'll find that every single day will be a good day for you no matter what first I think determine today I'm going to walk with the Lord first thing to do the psalmist said David in Psalm 53 in the morning O Lord you will hear my voice the morning I think that David had a practice of meeting God in the morning That's what the scripture says it seemed to uh, to resonate well with him as he said God you're gonna hear my voice in the morning we're going to have a conversation. You can't get too far away from the Lord if you start the day with Him. Dr. Michael De Bakery, the, the great heart surgeon, he passed away in 2008 at the age of 99, but he was quoted in an interview in a newspaper. He said, "For me, the solitude of early morning is the most precious time of the day." There is a quiet serenity that disappears within a few hours later with the hustle and bustle of the multitudes the early morning hours symbolize for me a rebirth the anxieties frustrations and woes of the preceding day seem to be washed away during the night god has granted me another day of life another chance to do something worthwhile for humanity there was a man that focused his attention upon letting The previous day and all the events of it and the yesterdays move away. But in the morning, it was like a rebirth. This is the day the Lord has made. This is the day that I have another opportunity to touch the face of humanity and to do good. I think because the early morning hours are so important in determining the rest of our day that we should be like David and we should begin them with God. So not only do you determine today, I'm going to walk with the Lord. Second, determine today I'll find joy in the little things. Rudyard Kipling prayed, teach us to delight in simple things. The world's pretty complex today. A whole lot more complex than years ago when I was growing up and going through school. Sometimes it's the little things we let slide by. The people who live I think the most joyful lives have learned to cherish to savor the little happinesses when they come along they're not uh, just a mile a minute but when they come along they know they can sift through it and say this is a special day most of our lives offer well not a whole lot of drama I think not too many days are overwhelming to us every single day has its quota of little happiness those happinesses that just seem that if we watch them if we're looking if we're listening if we're attentive we can capture maybe grabbing coffee with a friend maybe going with a, a walk with your spouse maybe taking a walk around the neighborhood seeing who's out just saying hi maybe a quiet meal with a friend maybe sitting down and just reading a good book maybe sitting by uh, as we get into the winter time a fire or like around our house the fire pit when it gets cold enough and just taking it in and enjoying it maybe it's just that little project that you were able to finish and you say hmm, I did that coming from a guy who's not Bob the Builder any little project that I do is really, really good. <laughs> but you savor those times. I think if we're going to find happiness at all, then we've got to find them in these little things, these things that are simple, but we hold on to them and we cherish them. Those are great victories. And I think when we recognize and cherish these as they pass our way, that we grab hold of them and seize them, they build a reservoir of good memories that in the difficult times we can certainly draw on walter hagen said don't hurry don't worry and don't forget to smell the flowers every morning we have a little courtyard that is enclosed so the coyotes won't get our little dogs and i take them out about 5:30 or 6 in the morning and uh, they get to run around that little courtyard and uh, we have these uh, zinc plant, ink plants all around our courtyard, and it's really neat to see a purple flower here or a white flower. And I pay attention to every one of them because it reminds me of life, and a, a starting of a brand-new day, and here they are. Those are the little things that we need to remember and hold on to. Remember, yesterday, as one man said, is stale. Tomorrow's not baked, but today... God has given to you. So taste it and see how good it can be. Third, determine today I will do something for someone else. (laughs) You know, no day is lived at best if we live it wholly, completely for ourselves. If we're so self focused that we don't see the needs of others. I think to make the most of today and to live in the now we need to go outside of ourselves and we need to do something for somebody else. Uh, a number of years ago, when my dad was pastoring, he had a lady that, uh, that uh, came to his office and said, Pastor, I just want you to know that, uh, that I'm scared to death we're gonna go to war. <laughs> and my dad said, okay. And she said, I'm just consumed with it, I don't know what to do, I'm scared to death. And so my father said, well, here's what I would suggest. I would suggest that you go and you find a family that needs help, and you invest yourself in that family, and then a month, come back, and, and let's talk, and you know, she did that. She found a very poor family, and uh, she got engaged with that family and those kids, and, and uh, she began to see that they needed shoes and clothes, and By the time the month came around, she came back to my dad, and uh, my dad said uh, she was so excited, first of all. She was just telling everything that this family was was needing and what she was doing and how happy that she was. And my father stopped her and said, well, what about the possibility of going to war? She said, oh, I don't have time for that. This family has needs. (laughs) See, when we invest in somebody else, it changes our entire perspective. And so I think that's something that we need to do When we reach out to help others, the fact is we are helping ourselves. We're moving outside of ourselves. We're fulfilling a purpose. God created us in such a way that we should have a purpose to give, not to just receive. (laughs) The best way to stop feeling sorry for yourself is to start feeling sorry for somebody else and then raising them up. As people who are peers... That we can sit encourage and help no one finds life worth living we must make life worth living so today do something for somebody else maybe write a note to a, a person you know is going through a difficult time maybe pick up the phone and and call a friend whether here or far away and just just try to encourage them don't don't focus on yourself and all the woes that you have Allow them talk to them. Let them bring it out. Be that kind of person that listens well. I don't know. Maybe you should buy your wife or your special friend some flowers, just to lift them up today. Do something for somebody else that I think is important. My oldest daughter, they uh, they don't have two cents to rub together at the end of every month. But you know, the other day she bought a bunch of stuff and she brought it over to the house and said I want you to uh, uh, I want you to put this together and find two senior adults that at the holidays need help and I thought to myself they don't have money to do this kind of thing and yet that was her heart she's got a passionate heart a caring heart and so she wants to help in that way. That's, that's something for us to do, all of us, whatever it is to desire to help somebody else. I think that as we uh, move on, we find that fourth, we need to determine that I will bury all of my resentments. It's a little more difficult. Resentments are dif- difficult to deal with because they go deep into the heart and the mind. I think it is inevitable for us to go through life that people are going to hurt us, they're going to step on our toes, they're going to say something in word, they're going to do something that somehow is just going to rub us really the wrong way. You've experienced that probably in life. You might have experienced that in some church somewhere. You know, as Christians we're not perfect, but the reality is that we can't let those resentments just eat us away. You know, your resentments could come from a spouse who is rejecting you. It could come from a neighbor that might insult you. It could come from a family member who shuns you. There are all kinds of ways for people to do things or say things to us that would in turn cause us to put our defenses up and to cause resentment. And if you choose, you can allow those resentments to embitter you. The Bible calls it to, uh, a uh, uh, as the resentments we hold on to it, it's, it just makes it difficult. It's a root of bitterness that Peter talks about. Some people allow wrongs that others do to them to fester and to grow. They don't deal with them. And so it just, like a tumor, it just continues to enlarge and it gets bigger and it gets harder and difficult Sometimes you even nurse it in your memory. You're saying, oh man, I I can't believe that person did that to me. Almost every day it's just coming through our mind and it just builds up and builds up. (coughs) We've got to stop thinking about it. We've got to put it out of our mind. We've got to deal with that. I think collecting resentments is like carrying a bag of rocks. (laughs) You know, you carry that bag and the longer that you carry them, the heavier they become. And in time... The farther that you go with them, and the heavier they are, your knees are going to buckle. And those rocks actually could crush you. That's what bitterness can do. That's what resentment can do. So don't collect resentments as you go through life. If you want to collect things, collect stamps, collect coins, collect baseball cards, you know, collect antiques. But don't collect resentments, because it will eliminate your present life you will not value it you will not be able to savor those little things that we just talked about you see the moment that you start resenting or hating a person you actually become their slave because they may have said something or done something not realized it or maybe they realized it and they've gone on their merry way and here you are holding that burning you down and that's all you think about and now, the person that you resent hounds you wherever you go and you can't even escape it. Whether they're miles away or happened years ago, you're the one that is a slave to it. You know, the Bible tells us about such a person. Paman, the, uh, the prince of Persia, he had everything anybody could ever want. He had power, he had prestige, and he had wealth. But he also hated a Jew by the name of Mordecai. In fact, he hated Mordecai so much that he could not enjoy all of these pleasures that he had. The very sight of Mordecai stirred him into a frenzy. It almost drove him crazy. If you go back and look at what uh, the book of Esther says in chapter 5, you find that that anger and that resentment was just building up in him. He just wanted to eliminate him. He thought if he could eliminate that thorn in his flesh, he would be free. Once after recounting to a friend the glory of his riches, the multitude of his children, and the power of his position in the land, he made a statement that revealed the destructive power of resentment, hatred, and bitterness. <coughs> In Esther 5:13, he said, "But all of this gives me no satisfaction as long as I see that Jew Mordecai sitting at the king's gate." He had everything that anybody could ever want to make them joyful and happy but the resentment and the hatred it ate him alive that hatred robbed him of peace it robbed him of contentment it prevented him from enjoying the blessings that he had and in fact ultimately he was hung on the very gallows that he had built to hang Mordecai <laughs> isn't that ironic The Bible warns us in Ephesians 4.26, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Don't hold that anger for a single day. Don't hold that resentment, that bitterness, that great frustration. Address it, get it taken care of, and then let it go you got to love your enemies. You need to go to them and make amends for whatever you might have done wrong or ask them. (coughs) Let them know how they've hurt you and try to make amends. You need to pray for them. But never hate them. Never resent them because you can choose to love people and to forgive people just as surely as you can choose to hate them and to resent them. The choice is ours. And if you're going to enjoy today, and if you're going to value today, you're going to let go of those resentments. And you're going to ask God to help you to do that. Last, fifth, determine today I will trust God for tomorrow. Do you know one of the greatest enemies is to us? <laughs> it's the worry about tomorrow. And frankly, we have a lot to worry about. I mean, if we chose to do that, the world's pretty chaotic. Uh, there are a lot of things going wrong directions. Uh, you look at our society; things that the Scripture says are right, we say is, is wrong, and the things that the Bible says are wrong, society says is right. <laughs> Everything's flipped over and turned over. Uh, it's an unstable world worldwide. There's so many things pulling at us. We we have the ability to worry about tomorrow. But Jesus, realizing this in his Sermon on the Mount, teaches us not to be filled with anxieties, not to have fear about tomorrow, but rather to trust God to meet our, our needs day by day. He calls the attention, our attention to the birds of the air. He says, look at them. I'm sure, you know. In my mind, I can I can see him uh, there, on the lake, and, and he's he's just teaching the people the water here, and he's up on the on the, the mount, uh, the, the little hill that goes up. And it's a great amphitheater, and he's teaching them. And the birds begin to fly. And just as illustration, you see the birds of the air. God's going to take, take care of them. You in our mind yeah birds they don't uh they don't go and toil uh, plow the, the field they don't put the seeds in there they don't water they don't uh, go and take out the weeds but you know what god does god takes care of them he provides for them he feeds them and he looks over here and he says look at the flowers of the field you see how beautiful they are? Well, God takes care of them. They, they don't try to find some designer to give them the very best clothes. They just, it just happens because God chose it to happen. Here in Arizona, we have some of the most beautiful flowers. You just take it in in the midst of the desert scene. Jesus wants us to understand that the lilies the birds, the flowers, they don't worry. What Jesus is trying to help them to understand, the very God who created them, and they don't even have to toil for that, he takes care of them. He's going to take care of you. He's going to make sure that he gives you the strength to get through every single day, the most difficult of days, and there are difficult. So he says, don't you want to trust the Lord instead of yourself? Jesus closes this, uh, this section, this teaching, by saying in Matthew 6, 34 in the today's living Bible, so don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. Live one day at a time. takes care of some life you say pastor you just don't understand we've got to have plans for tomorrow absolutely we all need to make plans but we don't need to worry about those plans we just need to make sure they're taken care of everybody ought to have a will you know they ought to have that taken care of they ought to, to have their funeral arrangements all taken care of so the families don't have to worry about that you know th- those are the kinds of plans that you look ahead your health care those kind those are things you have to plan for but but not to worry about God's going to take care of you, he says. I think there are two days out of every week that we've got to learn to never worry and never be afraid. and One is yesterday, and the second is tomorrow. Yesterday's past, it's gone forever. Tomorrow has not arrived, and it's far beyond our ability to control all the events that are going to happen tomorrow, just like we can't control or change what happened yesterday. And this leaves only today for us to work through and to navigate through and God says I will help you I will give you strength I will encourage you every step along the way I will take care of you I think it's the experiences of today that drive people absolutely crazy (laughs) you see we don't have to worry about the events of today because the things we that drive us the craziest, I think, are the things we can't change from yesterday. We so want to, but we just can't. and We can't worry about tomorrow. So what is it that we do? Because this is a real difficult process for many of us. Because cognitively, we understand exactly what Jesus is saying. Cognitively, we understand, yes, the Bible is telling us live for today, tomorrow God will take care of us. But as soon as we get into a situation, all of a sudden we say, well, okay, where's God at now? I've got this concern. I don't know what to do with it. I think a great illustration is when the children of Israel, they had left Egypt, been out of Egypt for about six weeks. And all of a sudden they began to have anxiety. They were worrying about their future. In fact, they even talked about going back to Egypt and going back into slavery rather than take the risk for freedom. And so God, in an effort to teach them faith, sent manna from heaven every single day. And you think that's great. you got so much manna out here to get. We can put it and we can store it. Unfortunately, it only lasted for one day. It was spoiled. It wasn't good to eat the next day. And the, so the children of Israel had to learn to trust God every single day for His provision. I think that's something critical for each one of us to hold on to. Every single day, God was teaching them to trust Him. Jesus said in Matthew 6:11, "Give us this day, our daily bread. Jesus was trying to teach in his prayer that you've got to trust Jesus for his provision today. For analytical people, for planners, it's hard. It's hard to to not plan every single day to the detail. And if something doesn't go right, then in the analytical mindset, man, it changes all the other plans you have for the day or for the future but God says listen I'm still going to take care of that God has not promised bread or strength for tomorrow and and why should he since we can't eat tomorrow's bread until tomorrow why worry about it in advance since we can't use tomorrow's strength until tomorrow why worry about that there are plenty of troubles coming tomorrow today today let us rejoice and be glad in this day and choose to do that day by day he's promised to supply what we need now by all means again like i said we have to plan ahead but we have to live one day at a time we we have to think positively we've got to to look and know that god through our faith and trust is going to take care of us We've got to commit ourselves wholly to him, the one who loves us, the one who understands us, the one who forgives us, the one who accepts us, the one who empowers us. He's the one that we've got to trust. It may not be the script that we've written, but it is the proven script that God says, this is how you're going to show that you trust me is to know no matter what comes i'm going to be there for you so to have a good day we determine these five things there are five things that i think that are very important to us there are five things that are going to help us every single day get through life we're going to walk with the lord we're going to rejoice in the small things i think those are so important We're going to look beyond ourselves and we're going to invest in others who have a need we're going to throw off our resentments our bitterness we're going to work that out so that we are clean before god and free and then we're going to trust god for our tomorrows so we can do the very best for him today and savor this day that god has made and rejoice and give him the praise and the glory Father, as we move into our time of invitation, our prayer is very simple. These are practical steps to help us. The psalmists have given us a, a wonderful understanding. And God, I pray that today we'll make those adjustments that are needed. And Father, if we're doing all five of these things, I pray you'll give us strength to continue on because it is a celebration day, a day that's always going to be good. Father, today I pray that each one of us will commit ourselves to you. If we don't know you as a personal Savior, we ask that today you'll let Jesus Christ knock on the heart's door that needs to embrace him and he or she would choose to accept Christ. As believers in Christ, I pray that today That we'll be free, free of resentments, free of worry and free of anxiety, no matter what the circumstances are, but that we'll trust you for our tomorrows. And that today we will trust you and we'll savor these moments and we'll live a life that rejoices and gives you praise. Father rejoices in this day. However, that needs to happen through our prayer time, through our decisions, through our new rededication, God, I pray that you'll touch our lives and our hearts in that way. And for those that, Father, you've touched to say, this is the place that you ought to be a part of, a part of the family, we encourage them to come. More than anything else, Father, we do rejoice and thank you for you are God and we have the privilege of being your children and the responsibility of being joint heirs humbly we thank you father in Jesus name we pray amen let's stand and sing our invitation hymn come as God leads you seated if you would it is uh, we our prayer chain does such a tremendous job and uh, Jenny we appreciate all the effort in getting all of our prayer requests out and it's good to see uh, Larry super here he just had that procedure man he's back two three weeks after that right in the service and and Judy and it's good we're continue to pray for you Uh, Phil Lord back here Phil had that triple bypass and uh, aortic valve replacement just about three weeks ago and man he's already back here Uh, God answers prayer. Every one of you probably have requests, things that you've been through, people have been praying for you. This is a great church to pray. And um, we need to pray for for Shirley uh, Renter. Uh, Her husband passed away, uh, Chuck, yesterday. And I appreciated uh, Dr. Saul and uh, Rosemary, spending some good time with them. And um, As I spoke with her yesterday and spent some time uh, these are difficult and we all over the course of time have to deal with a loss of a spouse it's part of who we are as a family but you know what if you pray and she feels those prayers uh we just want to make sure that uh, continue to lift her up this this is a tough day today as i spoke with her this morning so i'll turn it over to you miss nancy but uh, in our prayer time as we end please pray for
0: A lot of Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes were returned today with many good things that children will enjoy. If you forgot to bring yours, we would ask that you bring it by the office tomorrow. We need to get those in, so please bring your shoebox tomorrow to the church office if you did not bring it this morning. Also, if you were one of those who called the church office and said, save me a ticket for Wednesday night's banquet, we need you to stop by today, the table in the Way, and pay and pick up your ticket. There will be no money taken at the banquet on Wednesday evening, but I hope that you are looking forward to coming that evening, Thanksgiving Missions Awareness Banquet. But we do need for you to pick up your tickets today and pay your $15. You'll see on the back of the bulletin a number of things upcoming. In both the breezeway and in the main lobby, there are sign-up sheets for the Women Celebrating Christ's Birth. That will be a luncheon on December 9th. Also out there on December 2nd, there's a sign-up if you are planning to be part of the lunch prior to the Christmas movie on December 2nd. And then Men's Breakfast will be starting, uh, will be again on December the 7th with a guest speaker that morning, Jim. Help me here, Frank. Thank you, Jim Jasper. We had Jim Brager in November, Jim Jasper in December, and Jim Ross in January. Are there other (laughs) Jims? Thank you so much for being here today. Jane McCloud is going to come and lead us in our closing prayer. Would you stand as she comes?
5: Dear Lord, we are so grateful that we could all come here today to be together today. And it is such a beautiful day. You have given us so many beautiful days lately and with that cool weather, and yet we still have that warm sun in the afternoon. Dear Lord, we love you for all of these wonderful days you've given us. We love you for your character, for your loving kindness. Your love does endure forever. And we thank you for your mercies and your everything that you do. And we praise your name And dear Lord, we are just so grateful to you. And may you be with us this next week. Lead us to be women and men of honor and the way that we would live for you and that we would illustrate your your goodness and your loving kindness through our lives and that we would remember these five commitments that Dr. Kirby Kennedy has asked us to remember during the week and during our lives. So be with us all. We love you, Lord. We lift our voices to you. You are our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.